todo el mundo. Just push play. Hello and welcome to Just Push Play, a podcast dedicated to professional learning and you. I'm your host, Tim Hamill, Curriculum Services Director at the Westmoreland Intermediate Unit in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Today's episode is entitled Reinventing the School Newspaper. My guest is a teacher at Derry Area School District, Derry Area High School, and uh, he's been uh, doing some amazing things to shake up journalism with his students. Um, and uh, I would like you to welcome Mark Curcio. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. How are you doing today? All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for this great opportunity. Yeah. Let's t- tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I don't know about you, but during quarantine, it seems like everything kind of sped up, right? Um, mm-hmm. I started, uh, started teaching in 2011, and I just told someone the other day, I also coach track. Uh, I, he asked, how long have I been doing this? And uh, at that point, uh, this, is, this is my 10th season coaching track and field. So it's kind of weird to look back, but yeah, I've been teaching for, uh, this, is, this is my 12th year right now. Goes fast, um, doesn't teach, it? <laughs> it? It does go fast. That's what I was saying. Like over quarantine, I feel like those two years arguably didn't even happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so about 12 years, uh, high school English teacher, ELA, I guess is what they call it now. Um, I'm currently uh, pursuing my, uh, my doctorate in uh, composition and applied linguistics from uh, IUP. Uh, it's basically just the fancy term for writing and the power of words. Um, I coach track and field. Uh, I have a father of a toddler um, at home. Her name is Mila. Um, uh, my wife Ashley as well. Um, you know, just think things are things are going really, really well. Uh, just in my life personally, ever since kind of you know the world kind of opened up again. Um, <laughs> well, it, yeah, it, yeah. So the, I'm sure the toddler keeps you busy. Yes, exactly. Well, so we uh, we call this reinventing the school newspaper, and um, I, I know from a, a previous conversation with you that you really are doing some cool things there. But uh, why don't you tell us how, how did you get started in the school newspaper business uh, at Derry? So really, it all started. Uh, I'm a reader by trade. Um, I tell the students all the time that, ironically, in high school I was not a reader. Um, I was just in the gym the other day, and I ran into an alumni uh, alumnus, I guess it would be. And uh, he said, you know, when I when I had you in class, I didn't I didn't really read. Um, but uh, once he became like a senior in college, uh, he started to read a lot more, too. And I said, I, I get it. I 100 percent get it. And I told him my philosophy kind of changed uh, my pedagogy, if you will. Um, my number one goal uh, whenever students enter my class and leave is I want them to become uh, lifelong readers. So to me, I know I succeed in what I'm trying to do, not necessarily with test scores, but if, uh, if a student that comes in never touched a book in years uh, asked me for a book recommendation for the summer, I know I did something right. Um, but why I'm saying that, though, is how I got into this is I literally read everything. And um, my wife hates it, but I can't sit down and eat anything without reading something, <laughs> uh, whether it be a newspaper, uh, you know, a, a link off of a tweet, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's where that's where my real passion came from, like the journalism aspect. Um, I do have a degree, uh, well, teaching degree, I guess you would call it, teaching certificate in communications, which does cover the the journalism side of things. So to answer your question, that's the objective reason why I picked up newspaper was because I had that addition to my degree. Uh, But the passion where it came from was the fact that I just, I appreciate and respect 
uh, journalist and journalism. My best friend actually is a, is a news anchor in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you've turned this passion into something that you do in your, in your work as a teacher. And, uh, Correct. so obviously you've, you've found some, some new inventive and creative ways to do school newspaper, right? Um, tell us a yeah. little bit about that. What does that look like, uh, in, in your school? So when I first started teaching here, uh, in 2011, um, my my recollection there there wasn't a, a school newspaper there wasn't your classic uh i believe during homeroom like uh i i went to norwin I graduated in 2005 from norwin and if i remember correctly it was during like a homeroom period sort of thing and if you paid 25 cents you got a paper delivered to you with your name on it so that was my background when it comes to a high school newspaper okay. um whenever i was a uh, student teacher at bell vernon uh they had they had a newspaper with a with a similar setup um, they have a huge uh, media center where they broadcast the news and everything. So I think that's where they put a lot of their focus. Mm. Um, but that that was my background. Uh, the idea of TVs in a room where or students are broadcasting or if you pay, like I said, 25 cents or a dollar and you get a subscription. But when I came to Derry, um, I mean, not to throw anyone under the bus, but there was just no no newspaper like that. And mm. I always wondered why. Um so I looked deeper into it, and I guess they used to have one. They partnered up with uh, Latro Bulletin, and Latro Bulletin actually printed out, you know, the actual size newspaper that students received, and then something fell through with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say around, I don't know, 2014, 2015, um, the opportunity kind of uh, presented itself. Um, I had, uh, you know, the, the passion to try to uh, to, to add add something to the newspaper here at Derry. And uh, I came across uh, the Players' Tribune, uh, which was started by Derek Jeter. Uh, the, the basic idea is Derek Jeter retired, mm -hmm. and uh, he started, uh, it's called the Players' Tribune, and, and the whole concept behind it was you take, not necessarily you take the journalists out of sports reporting, uh, but you allow the, uh, the, the, the athlete, uh, him or herself, to actually tell the story. So the quote that he kind of uh, ignited this whole thing and launched the Players Tribune. Uh, he said, I'm not a robot. Uh, neither are the other athletes who at times might seem unapproachable. We all have emotions and we all have a story to tell. And why I really like that quote is if you read the average article written by just a journalist, it's objective news, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's here's this, here's this fact, who, what, when, where, why, how, and they might have quotes, but if you really think about it, like right, right, right now, I'm trying to be as passionate as possible to him, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm answering the question, right? So I'm trying to answer the question, uh, fit the podcast, which again, I appreciate you asking me to be on. Um, but whenever the actual person writes the story, there's that added oomph to it. Yeah. So the best example I was telling you the other day was uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew McCutcheon, former center fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I've, uh, I, I was, keyword was, a Pirates fan. I'm not so much anymore. <laughs> Um, hard to be. Are, are you? Are you? Are you a Pirates fan? I, I still love them, but it's hard. <laughs> it's it's very hard. Yes, but uh, whenever they made the the wild card, right? Right. Uh, with the Quato and Quato, and he dropped right. the ball. Yeah. Um. I was I was borderline diehard around that time because it was it was exciting. It was awesome. Yeah. And I remember you know reading a bunch of things and following the before, during, and after. Um. And then I came across an article by Andrew McCutcheon. I uh, actually pulled it up last night just because I knew I was going to talk to you. Um, he entitled it Wild Night, and instead of just talking about the uh, the, sc the scoreboard or the, the box score or things like that, he literally wrote an entire piece, 
what it was like, uh, a first-person narrative playing center field for the Pittsburgh Pirates at that wild card game. Hmm. And it was lights out. Like I finished, I, I vividly remember finishing the article and I said, you know what? This is what I want to do. I want to have the students become journalists themselves and tell their own stories in that first person narrative sort of idea. Mm. So that's really where it came from. So uh, the first iteration, I believe, I mean, it, it's not copyright, but I think I called it the Trojan Tribune. Mm -hmm. Um, off of the players tribune sort of idea and uh i used uh weebly.com and it just kind of grew from there so that, was um, your, that was your publishing platform it was a no, kind of a web developments uh site weebly right yes yeah. uh weebly.com w-e-e-b-l-y they're not paying me to say that um but uh yeah weebly's been around for a while um i, I mean i was a fan i still use it um for for a variety of different things but it definitely had a ceiling in my opinion uh, definitely had a ceiling for what I envisioned the newspaper to be. So going back to your idea of giving students uh, a chance to share the voice, to share the story. So that you're not doing that in the, in the typical newspaper format. If, if I'm understanding your, your process here, you're actually going straight to a digital format, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we I'd strictly just put it on Weebly. I didn't even mess with the paper idea. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, it was due to the size of the staff, which I'm sure if there are a lot of uh, journalism teachers out there, they, they, they understand exactly what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Um, like I was uh, my senior year of high school, I was I was part of the Norwin uh, High School um, newspaper staff. And I believe we had 15 writers. There was an editor in chief. There was a sports person. There was a staff. Like everyone had a role. Mm -hmm. um, however, in smaller schools, like Derry is considered a smaller school. Um, I mean, it's it's glory if you can get fifteen. Uh, but at that time, I think I had maybe three. Mm. So to have like a paper copy, that old school mentality. Excuse me, of uh, you know, three pers three people, including myself, trying to run a paper an old school paper that every, you know, homeroom gets mm -hmm. that just, that just wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. Right. So now that you're, you're doing it this way and you're, how are you getting to students? You know, what are you doing to uh, engage them in the process? Do you still run it as a club? Do you have, uh, what's your outreach to students to get them involved? So right now, uh, first semester, which I'm trying to get a whole year thing that's, that's in the works. Uh, but right now we have one semester. It's usually the first semester. Uh, where it's a class. Uh, it's first period, just just entitled journalism. Uh, first two, three weeks, we just go over the basics of journalism, go over different types of writing that you would see in a newspaper. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of it is uh, built upon past articles written by students. So really they're, instead of analyzing some guy from the New York Times or some girl from the New York Times, they are they're analyzing a former student that they may or may not know. And to me, that kind of adds to it because then it adds that ownership mm -hmm. that um, it's the pride, right? It's the pride of being published, but right. also it fits it fits the vision that I'm kind of aiming for that it's not necessarily, I mean, I don't want to offend anyone by saying old school journalism, but instead of looking at it from that lens, this is something completely different. You are telling your story. Right. Like that's, that's, that's my big, my big uh, sell. Now, uh, you had mentioned to me earlier you have uh, you've, you kind of come up with a unique title for this this newspaper. Uh, what you want to share where that comes from? Sure. Uh, so it's called the Station. 
Um, basically, whenever I first moved out to Derry, um, I was not familiar with the area. I remember playing football here once, but I wasn't familiar with anything that, that Derry was about. Um, and anytime that I go anywhere, um, I'm big into just finding out about the area. Uh, like when I go to a restaurant, I always ask, like, what are you known for? Like, that's, that's, that's big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first moved here, I found out that uh, Derry actually had a very, very strong history in uh, the railroad industry. And in downtown Derry, they uh, had a location literally called Derry Station. I said, okay, well, that's interesting. And then the the big website besides Player the Players Tribune that I uh, that I read is also called uh, the Ringer. And what I kind of caught on to is a lot of a lot of uh, publications out there, especially digital ones. Mm-hmm. The name for the the website was the so using the article the, and then just a simple word. So obviously, Players Tribune kind of goes against that, but uh, the Ringer would be one example of that. So I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, so if I go with the something, what would make sense? So, so I was talking to the kids that first semester, and I said, um, you know, Dairy Station, I explained the background. Then being an English teacher, I obviously went the metaphorical route figurative language and i said well what, what are train stations known for and they said well you know trains come in they go out i was like exactly we want students and faculty and staff to come into the station right mm-hmm. get the information that they need and then go on with their day and if they come back which is the point they you know they go in and they go out they go in and out so why don't we call ourselves the station and it was one of those situations tim where i said that and you just saw light bulbs right <laughs> like all these kids like oh that's perfect right yeah you knew you so, had it yeah, we yeah. just had it at that point. Well, and I, I love how that that ties to your community, right? I mean, you you've made this more more dairy esque, and you know, fit your your local community, and not just your school community, but it ties it to the to the general public as well, and and the history of of that area. Um, Correct. So, I, I'm curious to to know how has this this new process of letting uh, others write and create new situations, new opportunities for writing, you know, how is that impacting the, the school community and, and how have they reacted to, to all of this? So just like, just like, just like any story that, I mean, the, the word they use now is viral. Um, anytime that you put something digitally on there, um, on the, on the, on the internet or social media, um, some things hit, right? Some things hit and they go viral and they're shared a bunch of times. And then other, other times, other times things don't get as popular as you would like, right? Um, so to answer your question, it really is an ebb and flow. So in, in the first semester when I had a full class, a full class that was uh, writing for the paper, whether it be their stories or uh, I had them reach out to friends um, or uh, team teammates, mm-hmm. they would write the drafts and then I would have my students be the, uh, the editor or revisor of those of those articles okay um some would be really really popular um like last night i i I pulled up some some numbers for you so like in december um we had a total of 4236 views wow which for a small town of of dairy a small (laughs) school like dairy that that's just crazy right so Um, so so, just for everybody's sake uh dairy high school has how many students uh, I think a little, a little under 200, I believe is the number. So yeah, those are pretty amazing numbers. Yeah. Correct. So under 200 per class, 
right? So that kind of adds up. Um, so we had a little over 4,000 views in that month. Um, but what's really cool is um, we use a website called uh, Snow Sites, uh, S-N-O. And this site has been a game changer. So, Tim, if you remember earlier, I mentioned how Weebly kind of had a ceiling. Right, right. So uh, I tried to find, you know, what other schools were using. So shout out to uh, Norwin and Latrobe. Um, Norwin and Latrobe use uh, this website called Snow Sites. Uh, so Snow, si Snow Sites, so S-N-O, uh, stands for School Newspapers Online. And their big, their big sell was that uh, they want to make journalism advisors' lives easier. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you from day one, that's exactly what it did. Mm. Um, but, but not only that, but they released the analytics. So you can see you know, who your mm. most buzzworthy uh, writers are. Okay. Um, it tracks number of page views on certain days for each individual article. Um, it tracks, uh, you know, obviously like we, we're, we're in school, right? So Monday through Friday. So on the weekend, we don't really get any views. But then once Monday through Friday hits, it looks like a roller coaster. Hmm. So I, it's it's great when you look at that because you're actually seeing the engagement, which the kids get motivated to write because they see those things. So it was built, Snow Sites was built specifically around the medium, this digital medium and, and the idea of digital newspaper. Uh, it's, it's really built specifically for that, right? That is correct. Yeah, so it's again, it's snow sites, S N O S I T E S dot com. That is correct. Okay. Snow sites dot com. So, uh, and yeah, and, and we're not, we're not doing a commercial for them, but, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> there'll be people who want to take a look at that when they listen to this uh, podcast and we want to make sure they know where to go. Um, I don't, I don't know, Tim, we can come up with a jingle and maybe we can get paid maybe. by them. <laughs> maybe next podcast sponsored by snow sites. Let's see. There you go. Right. Um, so I think it's awesome that you're doing, you're kind of, you're really em emulating what the, the newspaper business has moved into, uh, in, in the rest of the world, you know, so you're creating what is essentially a, the, the right kind of training for student journalists. If, if, if they were to go into this business, you've, you've given them the right place to start, uh, I think is a good way to put that. Um, I'm more, I'm curious, uh, in a year's time, I mean, I don't know if you've, you've tracked this or not, but you know, let's say this year, how many different writers would you say you've had? And you don't have to be exact, but what would you guess right now? <sighs> um, so if, if I had to guess, so my class in the first semester, so, so where, so where this all came from. So I was still in Weebly, um, entering this school year, we were still using Weebly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I came across snow sites, um, the dairy, uh, teachers association, they released a grant opportunity and, uh, snow sites does cost money. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, but, uh, I knew that I needed, you know, some funding to get this thing off the ground. So I applied for the grant and ended up getting it. So shout mm -hmm. out to the teachers association for allowing that to happen. Um, but in that class, that journalism class, I believe I had a staff of 10. Um, whenever the semesters switched, I told the kids that if I can keep half of you, we can make this still work. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now it's five. And then I was able to get two of my sophomores from my just regular English class to jump on board too. Okay. So um, when it comes to normal daily writers, you're looking at, I don't know, between five and 10. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's another great thing 
And I'm glad you brought that up. That That's another great thing about how I run this. I don't necessarily need a staff to do this, um, mainly because, again, the articles are getting written by the actual students who are accomplishing the things that they're accomplishing. Mm -hmm. Really, all I need is one person, which I have uh, an individual on staff. Um, their number one job is to edit the drafts that come in. Mm -hmm. So it, let's say uh, so we, we have a really strong ag uh, department up here that not many other schools have. Right. So let's say uh, someone in ag is showing an animal and they win first place somewhere, right? Instead of uh, giving me a staff member to go up and interview that person and writing an article after the fact, which at that point is a week after, I go straight to the source. I'll go to the girl that showed the lamb that won first place and whatever. Hey, write your story. What was it like to, you know, what, 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 what does the average high school student know or, or doesn't know about what it takes to actually show a lamb at an ag show? So I tell this individual via email or in person, um, I call them five minute reads. I say, uh, hey, just 300 to 800 words, put it in a Google Doc, um, send it to me. It doesn't have to be grammatically flawless. Um, I'll look over it and then I'll share it with my editor. After uh, the editor looks at it, I give the, the go ahead and, and you're published. So really, I mean, I know, I know what your question was asking. So the answer is five to 10. But okay. really, my staff, quote unquote, is the entire school. Yeah, that's anyone what, that's, who that's wants awesome. to write. Anyone yeah. who wants to write can write for the station. I mean, look at you know the potential there is incredible, and you know you don't just limit it to to that small you know group of people who have a a passion for journalism. You're also opening up opportunities for writing across the board in just about any in any way you could imagine, which I think really speaks to the idea that, you know, we're, we're providing writing opportunities with real context for kids, right? Um, yeah. for, for our students to, to have a chance to share their thoughts, but to do so in a, in a real published format. That's, I think that's terrific. What's, have you had teachers, other teachers in your district ex express an interest in maybe working with you from a project standpoint or having students within their classes write uh, in some way, is, is that starting to happen for you yet? So, so yes and no. Um, the number one thing that, uh, the, the teachers and faculty and staff that, that they really appreciate is, uh, every morning I shoot out a, uh, feature called three things. Um, it's, it's, it was inspired by uh, CNN's five things, which I believe we talked about you, you, you're familiar with. Right. Um, so basically for those that don't know, so, uh, CNN puts out a thing, uh, called five things every morning. And it's basically just the five headlines to enter your day. It's always in the morning. Five headlines that you probably should know about that's happening in the world. Um, after that, they have like, you know, fluff pieces, like fun things, mm -hmm. um, a crazy number, a, cra a crazy quote in a YouTube video. So I kind of, I, I, I got that idea and I said, all right, well, what if, what if we did a dairy version of that? Because obviously there's announcements in the morning, mm -hmm. um, but... It'd be nice to, you know, something so easily accessible. And I really want to get more eyes on the station, right? Right. Um, so uh, beginning this year, I started this three things concept. And I looked at the the morning announcements. And I took the, the top three things that were relevant at that particular time or week. And I would make that the three things. And then I would have uh, today's quote, today's number, 
and also a YouTube video at the end just for, for fun, like a cute puppy running through a field, uh -huh. whatever. <laughs> um, so teachers, like faculty and staff, I get emails all the time. Hey, I, I look forward to the three things. Like the three things are, is now part of my day. Um, and because of that, it's kind of trickled down to the students as well that they tell me, hey, you, you know, you didn't update the three things today because I just didn't have a chance to. Um, <laughs> so like that's the kind toes. of stuff to me. Exactly. Right. So that's the kind of stuff that, that I get motivated by. Right. Because number one, the kids are actually reading it. But number two, I'm promoting the station, which my hope is, like I was saying, and, and anytime you post an article, uh, snow sites on the right side, they, they list recommended articles. Okay. So the idea is if a kid who just clicked on it randomly just because he or she or they heard about it, on the right side they see an article that looks interesting or their friend wrote it, there you go. And, uh -huh. that, and all of a sudden, you know, you get lost down the rabbit hole. And right. at this point, I don't know the exact number, but we're definitely in the hundreds when it comes to the amount of articles on this website. Oh, wow. That's great. Mark, it's, it's exciting to hear what you're doing. Uh, and obviously, you're, what you're doing is impacting students in a great way. Um, I love the, the way you're engaging students in a, with a very creative uh, process with, uh, with writing and with just the idea of becoming uh, you know, published. Uh, I think that's a terrific opportunity that you're providing. And not just to that small group of students, but to, to, to the wider um, audience within your school. And I think that's what makes this such a unique uh, and exciting uh, project. So congrats on the work that you're doing there and, um, and to your students. I think that's, uh, is there, is it publicly accessible uh, on the outside? Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned that jingle before. I don't have a jingle yet. Um, <laughs> But uh, the way I always tell the kids is I say it's uh, it's dastation.net. That's dastation.net. So that's just how I, that's there how it I is. Can, dastation can net. Me. I can, yeah. I can, uh, can hear a little jingle maybe coming in the future. I, I think it's Yeah, it's I mean, right I might have that. to reach out to the music department and see what <laughs> they can come up with. That's a great idea. Yeah. A little cross-pollination uh, cross there between uh, the different areas. Well, hey, Mark, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, I'm sure listeners will benefit from having heard it. And, um, you know, we thank you and, and Derry for uh, sharing your expertise this, this uh, podcast and uh, really appreciate you being here. All right. Thank you, Tim. I greatly appreciate it. We also want to thank you, the, the WIU for their support in, uh, in producing this podcast and uh, all of the Westmoreland County School Districts as well who are, who are right there with us. Um, and also a big thank you to our listeners. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen. And uh, we hope you found the experience informative and helpful in your work in, uh, as an educational professional. Uh, check us out at uh, play.wiu7.org, or you can email questions or comments to us at play at wiu7.org. So uh, get in the game at Play Westmoreland. Thanks for listening. Just Push Play is produced by the Curriculum Services Division of the Westmoreland Intermediate Unit. For more information on the Play Westmoreland Initiative, please visit us at play.wiu7.org.